Amen, Lord. So now as we come, hear from Your Word, hear of Your kingdom plans and purposes throughout our world, Lord. Just pray, fill us with faith, Lord, expectancy for the things You long to do and the part You've called us to play in that as well. And so we pray this in Jesus' Name. Amen. Please be seated. Church, we are really blessed to have Pastor Billy coming to share with us here. Along with that, um, all the Dion crew, as we mentioned before, um, this is an exciting new season for Dion as they are stepping into the vision God has called him to. Um, 17 and a half years ago, God called Billy and his wife Vicky. Where's Vicky over here? Just stand up, Vicky. Just stand up for a moment. We've got to give a special welcome to Vicky over here as well. 17 and a half years. We must be getting old, Billy, I think. Um, we, um, Billy was called into, Billy and Vicky were called to step into this leading um, Dion ministry, ministry to first. Nations people um, of this country here and um, it has been an amazing journey. That's a long time. God has been so faithful in that and these guys have literally poured their lives out and I think we should, that's pretty amazing don't you think? 17 and a half years of ministering in that space is very encouraging. There's a new season ahead where God's calling them into ministering to these young people coming out of youth detention. Around 80% of the young people in youth detention um, have First Nation heritage as well and there's a Massive need there, but also incredible opportunities which they are seeing. A big part of that journey has been Lukey Houghton, uh, who's over here as well. And he'll be sharing in a moment. I shared last week, Luke spent 13 years in jail. This year marks 13 years out of jail. And God's just had His hand upon this ministry. They're stepping into an amazing ways. There's so many powerful stories. God is in it. Uh, Holy Spirit is working powerfully. And so they're going to share a little bit into that as well. And Billy's going to share the Word. So... Um, I would love it if you could make um, Billy feel really welcome. And again, welcome the Dion team this morning. It'd be great. Yo, thank you. Two numbers for you this morning. You heard one of them, but 22.5. And the second number is 17.5. And um, anyone that knows me knows I'm actually not a numbers person. So in my Aboriginal heritage, in, in our language, which is Gumaroi, our preferred option is we count from one to three. We've got language words from one to three. After three, we've got a language word that means lots. And so, and you know, if you've got more than three kangaroos, don't count them, just catch them. You know what I mean? So a better name might be Buffet, if you know what I mean. So, um, so it, I've never started a conversation, let alone a sermon with numbers. But today is probably about right. My last sermon here as a pastor, uh, as part of this church community. And I thought I would share those. And so 22 and a half years ago, Vicky and I lobbed up to Albany Creek High School and went to, went to Bridgie, so down from Townsville. Um, and 17 and a half years ago, as you heard from Nathan, we started uh, the ministry uh, of Dion. I came on staff with Nathan and uh, I really just wanted to, at the onset, just honour you, brother. Thank you for your friendship, your mateship. It's meant a lot to me. Um, taught me everything I know about table tennis. Uh, we were studying really hard for Malian College and uh, you taught me a lot about table tennis. Bro. <laughs> so you saved me a few times, literally in classes, pulled me back in and I appreciate that, brother. So you've walked with me uh, loyally, so thank you. But uh, Pete was the fellow that called us. So Pete, just want to recognise you, brother, and your love and support for our family. Uh, Dion, but also my family, my wife and I, and we really do appreciate that, bro, and you know the depth of what that means today. Um, 
It was Pete, in fact, who in 2004, he said to me, Billy, what would an Indigenous ministry look like? A ministry to First Nations people, what might it look like? So I went away and I studied really hard. (laughs) Well done, Reggie, well done. And I got this little you know, paper thing and I presented it to him and he had a quick read and he just pushed, I'll never forget, some things stick in your mind. And he just pushed it back across the table. He said, well, why don't you go and do it? And I thought he was joking. He's a good a joker. <laughs> but the lad was serious. <laughs> and so, yeah, brother, you launched us into that ministry and um, yeah, and it's had a profound effect on us. And uh, obviously, um, I want to thank this church community. Some of you might not know me, I haven't been around much lately, but many of you have walked the whole time with us. And I've always considered it an absolute privilege to to preach here. It's a sacred task that I take, you know, solemnly and and, and, um, I've I've received such encouragement in this place. I've got got an inbox, sorry, email inbox filled with encouraging words and, and, you know, just people loved on, on me in it and I thank you for that. And um, I always hope I was honest and I was vulnerable and open enough up in this space um, to share with you and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been really important in my life and, and so thank you for that. Um, I, I just wanted to say to this little ragtag bunch over in the corner over here, I just wanted to say, Diangini Milan, Waruingini, Gimil Bildana, Yanawandai. Marubalabadai, Nini. Barimbala, Nini. Yo. Dian means family in my language. And you, mob, have been exactly that. You, you inspire me, you, you encourage me. You annoy me. (laughs) And I hope I've done all those things for you. (laughs) And and you've just been a tower of strength for me. I'd like to just say that our, our elders, the two that we consider elders in our community, Uncle Eddie and Annie Annette Houlihan, they can't be with us today. Uh, they'll be watching online, but um, I just want to honour them. Um, Uncle Eddie and Annie Annette uh, have got COVID, unfortunately, but they, they send their love and blessings to you, Bridgie, uh, and they're with us in spirit, Diane. Um, the, these two remarkable human beings epitomise to us what eldership is. Just such humble, lifelong learners, and they've been such a blessing. So to, to you, Uncle and Aunt, we just thank you. It's very dangerous to name one person, but I'm going to do it because it's important. I, I just wanted to mention you, Vicky. You've battled cancer twice and it's still going to be a battle for you. You've raised a beautiful trio of kids, been a loving wife, an absolute powerhouse for me in the ministry you've loved this community they know that and in partnership your faith in God you have been the glue that's kept us all together and I just want to acknowledge that
Um, my, my first sermon that I got to preach here was, um, I, I remember it distinctly, over in the other auditorium and um, it was on 1 Samuel 6. And, and the key line that I bought was that man looks at the outward appearance, but, but the Lord looks at the heart. And it was also an opportunity for me to share about my Aboriginal heritage. And I've had the privilege to do that from this sort of stage over the last you know, 17 and a half years. And I appreciate that, people. That, you know, I've had an opportunity to just give you a little insight into some of what matters to us and, and sort of where we're at. But um, I want to take us to a different spot in the New Testament this time as I close out my last sermon here. And um, I, I wanted to look at... See, I'm a storyteller. I love stories. There is such a power in stories and the scriptures are filled with stories. And the story I want to have a look at today for you, it's captured in lots of different places, but, but in John 6, I want to have a look at Jesus and the feeding of the 5,000. And for those that might know the story, if you don't, it's this incredible story, like Jesus' ministry as he's getting around people, he's doing this wonderful thing, he's loving on people, showing compassion and generosity. He's giving people a sense of purpose and peace. And, and it's quite overwhelming. They, they say he teaches with such authority. There's something different about this fellow. And on one of these occasions, the crowd are that into him that they follow him up a mountain. He just draws this crowd along with him. And what I love about stories is we get to enter them. That's what I think the power of stories are, to enter them. And so as you enter this story, you know, what, what are you hearing? What are you seeing? There's a big crowd. Jesus is teaching, he's healing. It's an amazing opportunity for people. And there's so many different facets to the story that I love. But it gets to an occasion, and I want to pick this up that's in the message version. I just want to read verse five to nine for you and specifically have a look at this piece of the story. And so this is what it says. When Jesus looked out and saw that a large crowd had arrived, he said to Philip, where can we buy bread to feed these people? He said this to stretch Philip's faith. He already knew what he was going to do. Philip answered, 200 silver pieces wouldn't be enough to buy bread for each person to get a piece. One of the disciples, it was Andrew, brother to Simon Peter said, there's a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but that's a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this. But that's a drop in the bucket for a crowd like this. As I said in this story, you, you can enter so many different places, you know, obviously with Philip, you know, this interaction with Jesus and then the stretching of the faith, a little commentary from the writer saying, he, was, he knew what he was up to, but he was stretching Philip's faith. That's beautiful. You could be a crowd member. But this morning, Bridgie, where I went to was I was with the little boy. I was with the little boy with a little bit of food. I'm, what was it like for him? I'm fascinated as I leant into him and thought, what would be going through his mind? How would that have come about? I thought that this big crowd would have been older people, more experienced people that would have walked everywhere. They knew what it was like. Food was sometimes hard to come by, but here they are, the top of a mountain. No 7-Eleven around to be thought of, you know what I mean? I think they might have been Aboriginal because you just need bread. <laughs> Bit of bread, you can do anything. Nowhere to find bread. But, 
But who got in that little fella's ear? This little boy. Was it of his own accord? He thought, oh, I might be hungry later. So he chucked in some loaves and some fish. Was it, a, was it a loving grandmother who pulled him aside and said, son, you better take some food with you. Was it an uncle? Was it, where did he get the idea? But here he is on the top of a mountain. And one of Jesus' disciples say, I've scanned the space. There's a, there's a little boy here with a little food. I wonder what he was like, you know, like, again, if I lean even further into the story, was it a willing? Yeah, yeah, of course. I see our kids sometimes, they do that sometimes. Sometimes it's a bit, yeah, of course. But whatever happened, the food gets given. And it, it struck me as I was preparing for today. That was so insignificant to the big group. Five bits of bread and two fish for, for well over 5,000 people. Lots, buffet. And, and it didn't mean much to such a big crowd. But then I thought about the boy, that was his dinner. It was quite significant to him. When Pete asked me to get that, what, what would... What could it look like? A ministry to Indigenous First Nations people in Australia. Way back in 2004, what would it look like? I, I did up a two-page document and I've still got it. And if you look closely, and some of you might see, there's a lot of big, I put a bit of spacing because that's always a good idea. <laughs> and when I looked back, I thought, oh yeah, there's a bit of space, I could do something else. And so I'll put a few images on there too, if you can see really closely. <laughs> Because I like, I'm really into some of our old Gumaroi sayings. They really are wisdom. But there's some good old Western sayings. And I once heard it said that a picture is worth a thousand words. So Pete, I figure, I gave you about seven and a half thousand words there, bruh. Not a bad effort, not a bad effort. Two pieces of paper. Pretty insignificant but I want to tell you that it radically transformed the life of me and my wife and our family. Two pages has absolutely changed our lives. And we've given ourselves to those two pages for 17 and a half years and are now launching into a new area for ourselves. And I was thinking about you this morning, wherever you might be at in this journey. And, and I wondered... If you enter the story, enter your own story, do you see the fragments of that as well? And, and I really appreciate the sentiment, I really do, the humility that's behind people saying, oh, it's, it's all God. And that's true, even in my language, when we acknowledge God, we say, Bayami, Warangalu, the, the, the creator who's all powerful. He holds all power. But in some strange thinking, that creator, he actually wants to partner with his people. And so just like that little boy, what we've got, it, it's, it might seem insignificant to the big crowd, but to us, it's quite a big deal. We're going to give it over. And maybe you're feeling like that this morning. You're conscious that whatever the task is ahead of you, perhaps you do feel a strong calling a calling in your own family, 
a calling in your neighbourhood, your, your, your workplace. Maybe it's a relational issue. Maybe it's you know, a, a feeling of being stuck, but you know there's something there. God's calling you into something and it seems very big and you look at what you've got in your hands and you're saying, I don't have much. Well, I'm thinking of you this morning. Because what happens is, quite literally, as soon as Jesus gets his hands on this thing, the game changes. When that little seemingly insignificant drop in the bucket gets given over to Jesus, then the Christ says, bang. This is what I'll do with that. And it overflows. In my language, we say warumble. It overflows and fills everybody and there's even more left over. And so I just want to encourage you this morning, if you are weighing up the cost and it looks way too big, what could Jesus do with what you've got to offer? It's a game changer. And in some other uh, versions of the story where it's told, it's really fascinating because one of the you know, angles that we don't hear here is that one of the disciples, when Jesus says, where are we going to get the food? Their, their solution is interesting because they say, send them away, please, Lord. That's way too big for us. Send them away. And, and it's con- I'm conscious today that we are going to step into a ministry. We, are, we have stepped into a ministry called True Fuller, where we're dealing with young people with horrific and horrendous stories. Things this morning that would really turn you inside out if you were to hear them. And it would be quite easy to just say, well, they're in juvie, let's just leave them there. But we have this impetus, we have this God-given calling, we believe, to actually not just enter these stories, but enter their stories. To build relationships with these young people. And I get it, I know it's complex. I know the landscape of what we're talking about is complex, but at the end of the day, the driving force for us is an old song that was once sung. And the song, one of the lyrics said that every person is wonderfully and fearfully made. They're made in the image of the eternal and therefore have eternal worth. And it seems like a a move, this ministry, and it's going to stretch. It already has stretched our faith and it will stretch our faith. But it's a calling that we feel very committed to. True Fuller, for those that don't know, it's significant to me. It was one of the first cassette tapes I ever owned. That's how old I am, Nathan. I'll tell you what it is later. And it was an Aboriginal band called Warumpi Band. And they brought out a song and we might be able to discuss the complexity of the language too, but it means a lot to us. The line from this song that they sing says, black fella, white fella, doesn't matter what your colour, as long as you're a true fella. And so the driving force behind what we're trying to do with these young people is to show them, not just talk about, but show them what it means to be in relationship with the truest fella. 
and it's not lost on us that it will stretch our faith. We've got a fantastic team that's part of it, uh, really blessed. And so, um, as Nathan mentioned, uh, Lukey and uh, we've got G, and I might even ask Sammy to come up. So if, if you guys could come up now, that'd be great. And so we've launched the ministry and some people were asking, what's it look like? Well, essentially, uh, many of you know, we've got our 40 acre property out at, at Dolby and so Bethel. And so what we've done is over the last uh, year and a half, we've been having camps out there. We've been targeting individuals, young people and bringing them out on the camps and uh, running that. And then also opening an invitation to have them to come back and actually even be part of Dion as we have our Dion weekends. And so it's also us going into the Brisbane Youth Detention Centre to make connections with the staff and the young people. And um, we're also looking then, the, the technical term that they talk about is transition. How do we make sure the kids enter a different story? They don't just get caught back up in their old story. And so that's just a little bit of the framework that we're working on, but, but we're holding that loosely and letting God really guide us. But um, Lukey uh, is going to, you know, he's going to be one of the main drivers with us along this team, uh, Vicky included as well. So, um, yeah, a little bit of your heart, please, bro. Yeah, I'd love to share. Morning, Bridgie, how are you this morning? I'd love to share my story, but um, there's a principle in Bunjalung language and in their culture, and it's, there's an older brother, younger brother system, and the younger brother does everything he can to support the older brother and G, really love you heaps, eh, bro? He's the older brother in this space. He's walked the journey. He's been that centre. So I really want you to share first, cuz, because I want to honour you in that, because you are my older brother and I'm, I'm walking with you in your footsteps. So I'd love you to share a little bit first, cuz. Well played, brother. <laughs> well played. <laughs> Um, so Sammy, there's a principle. No. <laughs> um, no, I'll, I'll receive that, bro. So that's precious. And um, look, it's great to be in God's house tonight, uh, uh, this morning with this family. And uh, I just want to thank you for the welcome and, and, and the smiles. I, I go well with smiles, so I just put it out there. Um, yeah, where did you go from there? Yeah, I, I was expecting you to talk first, brother. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to say that I just really love this um, Dion family and uh, my heart has been shaped uh, by these, these true fellas and these true, true people. So I just want to thank you for inviting me into this space and receiving me and being connected to this beautiful family as well. Uh, my heart is full and so I'm really, really grateful to be here today. Look, I'm a little bit overwhelmed and... Um, and a bit lost for words, and that doesn't usually happen, but uh, I just want to say that uh, in, this, in this ministry, um, I've been really blessed to know um, these brothers, and um, the saying goes that we met in jail. <laughs> Not like that. But we met in jail, and we met in juvie, and our heart has been for the young people in there. Um, uh, but that's where we are. But I'm going to backtrack a bit because uh, my nerves have eased a bit now. I'm going to tell you who I am. I'm going to tell you who I am. So my name, my name is Galen Narakana Manakoiha Riki Reed Honukurangiafa. And my family and friends call me G because that's the most 
that's the easiest. And so I'm G, and I'm a husband to but one wife, and I have, I have two daughters. Estella is 19, and Michelle is 17, and I love them dearly. They couldn't be here today because they've just come from Finland. My wife is from Finland, and they have a bit of jet lag. And I know that they have jet lag because in 3.30 in the morning, I can smell bacon, toast, and eggs cooking. And I'm coming out, and it smells delicious, but I'm looking at the time, and it's 3.30. So they, they send their love to you to, um, this morning and, they, and their greetings, and they couldn't make it because they're having dinner. LAUGHTER uh, and so, um, lo- lots of love from you, um, to you. I came from Stanthorpe today, um, and Finland's a cold place, and I, I-, I was reminded by Stanthorpe why we moved from Finland to here. Because, um, yeah, I woke up this morning, and my friend, he's also got 40 acres, um, and he's got lots of uh, beautiful animals there. And I came out, and I went to start the car, and there's a little water bucket and, and the ducks are trying to drink the water, but it's frozen. And so, church family, I want to let you know, uh, on the basis of the truest fella, I, I was a true fella. And I just, the ducks were trying to break it with their beak, and I thought I had to step in. And so I broke the ice, and they were able to drink. So there you go. Yeah. That's, that's my true fella this morning. Um, so look, black fella, white fella, no matter what your colour, as long as you're true fella, we follow the truest fella. Uh, is actually a guy that said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And we would love for these young people from juvenile detention to know that true fella. And we've been able to do that um, in proximity and presence of each other. And um, we're going to give it a go. Um, do we know what we're doing? Yeah. Not really, but we're glad that he does, the truest fella. Amen. So thank you. Yeah, thrown in the deep end. But um, yeah, the last couple of years, um, the Lord's been opening some doors that only he can open, very profound doors. And I, I don't have a lot to say but other than uh, in the words of the old hymn writer from yesteryear, to God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. And that's the, the catalyst for why we're uh, pushing into this space. And um, three tremendous human beings and Vicky behind the scenes. Um, I've just grown so much in my own personal walk and we're super excited with what the Lord's got in store. Um, we want to see the prisoners set free. Um, Maybe I should have went first. <laughs> Bit hard to shape that after. Nah. Gee, I feel privileged to be alongside these fellas. I am held well. I am truly held well. I'm held well by God. I'm held well by you as a community, and I'm really held well, as you can see, by three really tremendous people and a really tremendous sister. And, in fact, I'm really held by a really tremendous community and a lot of brothers and sisters and uncles and aunties and nieces and nephews over there that are yeah, true fellows, every one of them. And, and that's what it takes to, there's an old saying, it takes a, a village to build a child. And it's very true. And we want to be a village. We want to be a village for these, bro- I don't even want to use the word broken. I really don't. For these kids that are strayed from God. 
that aren't in the presence of the image that they're bearing. Oh, oh, we want to be a we want to be a village for them. So as you know, my name is Luke. Um, I don't know if I'm a pivotal part of this, bro. That's a bit much to to bear, but I'll beautiful. Thank you. So I presume I'm a pivotal part because as you shared, brother, I've done a little bit of time myself, and the numbers game is pretty big. And if seventeen and a half years is a long time, bro, I guess I did a long time. I guess I've done a long time in in a dark space. But God was gracious to me and God was kind and God transformed my life. And I am not the person that I used to be. I am not. And um, you stole a little bit of my thunder last week, bro, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm okay with that. I just want to thank you as a community for praying for my blue card. I have um, fought a system a system we're about to fight deeper with. The system, the very system that puts these kids in there says that they can free them, but they can't. And the systems are what are broken in this world. But we, we operate under a different system. We operate under the true fellow system, the truest fellow system. So I've been fighting the blue card system for seven years. They said, you're a habitual violent criminal. You don't, no child is safe with you. And I've got to be honest. And if I was truly honest and I was truly vulnerable, this brother was there the first day I got a a letter from that system. And as a tough man, I cried. Because that's not who I am. That may have been the image I once bore, the culture I once raised myself up to be, but that's not who I am now. That is not the heart I have anymore. And it broke my heart. It broke my heart to read that someone who has been in the world free from that system, that prison system, for six and a half years, the world that I'm living in says, you're not worthy. You're not worthy to love the young people. And I've got to be honest, that really shook me. And I gave it up for a little while. I didn't pursue the dreams of telling the 12-year-old me that there's a better way. Because that's my heart. My heart is to tell 12-year-old Luke that that's not the answer, that you are worthy and that you are loved and that you are cared for. That's, that's my heart. And I've got to be honest that it was, a, it was a battle. I fought the system and the system was winning every time. And um, there was a point when I was sending letters and every one of these beautiful people wrote, astounding things about me and you bro you said to me in my hurt and my pain you said to me read them letters don't read what they've written and that was such an encouragement to me because they they know who I am the people who didn't even want to sit down with me and talk to me don't know who I am but my brothers do and the good things they wrote about me kept me going and your prayers kept me going a community praying is very valuable and very important. And I've got to be honest, your prayers won the victory. That is the truth. Yeah, it deserves a clap. It deserves a clap. You're talking about miracles, brother. He's, this young lad that gave up his, his food, there was a miracle performed and everyone was fed. There has been a miracle performed. I have got a little piece of plastic. Let's get, yeah, we'll get it out. Okay. Let's get it out. 
We'll get it out. Plastic's pretty important these days. There's not much cash around anymore. But, um, oh, I don't know where it is. <laughs> I can't go in the centre quick. Nah, there it is. So, that's the, that's the, that's a pretty important piece of plastic. That's a, um, I'm shaking like last week. Something's going on. That's an important piece of plastic. It truly is. Because the system says you're safe to work with kids. <laughs> Mate, them kids are not safer with anyone else than me. I was a damaged child. Things happened to me that shouldn't happen to me. Shouldn't happen to any kid. I don't want that to happen to our next generation. I want to I wrap my arms around them and say you're loved. I love you. I love you deeply. And I care for you deeply because I'm cared for deeply. And I know what you're going through. I see your pain and I see your hurt. I see you. And we can, we can, we can become better together. We can do this together. We can walk this journey and we can do this together. So a little bit further on in your story, Brady, you just shared in that, in that beautiful scripture, there's, there's, a, there's a piece of scripture and um, it says, I'll just read it to you. So it says, Jesus went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. They turned away. They saw miracles and turned away. Well, I'm encouraged by these fellas and I'm encouraged by all of you, but I'm encouraged because I have been enabled and I'm not going to turn away. I'm not turning away from Christ. I'm not turning away from the calling that has been called upon my life. Often we sit there and we say, well, how do we discern God's calling on your life? Are we in the way? And I love what you shared, bro, because the reality is there's a partnership that has to go on for work to be done on earth. There is a partnership and we are part of that relationship. And we have to walk forward and do that work for God. We have to step into the space with the strength of God carrying us, with the strength of the body, the family carrying us. And we have to go and we have to, to love with all our might and with all that has been enabled with us. We really do. And I, I, I am so encouraged by all of you. I see it in this community. I see you going and doing it. And I just want to encourage you to go deeper. Go deeper. Don't, don't hold back. Don't wonder. There's a, there's a beautiful thing that we're, we're really holding on to. And it was you, brother, that really, really struck you. The, in Matthew 5, where, where four men carry a crippled man on the mat and they break through a roof. And Jungler brought it up. He, you know what he's like entering a story. He, enters, he helps us enter the story deeper. And I'm, I love that about you, bro. Because Allah, we have to enter the story to be part of the story. So they get to the door, door's locked. Uh, must be pretty heavy carrying him this far. It doesn't matter, we'll go further. Get to the roof, no way through the roof. Oh, let's break the roof open. There's no boundaries in Christ. They needed to get that fella to Christ. They had faith. 
They had a deep and meaningful faith. And when he gets there, what strikes me the most about that story is Jesus says, because of your faith, that man's sins are healed. Man, I'm struck by that. Because I don't know if you're good at mathematics. I know you're not. (laughs) You've told us plenty of times. But if you can count, there's four men here. Sam, I know that you're not fully in that, bro. We need you. You're the... Yeah, you are. But Brother Larry, can you come up here, cuz, please? Would you pray for our brother? He, um, we love him dearly. He is an integral part. He's a loyal fella. He's a true fella. He's been a loyal fella in this community, and I, I deeply love him, and I value his friendship, and I value... Well, I'm glad I've got a big garang garang man carrying that mat with me with these young people. Because their burdens are heavy. <laughs> they may be little and they may be light, but they are carrying some heavy stuff. So carrying young men on a mat is very difficult. And it takes this. And it's going to take this. And I'm going to bring them before Christ. And man, I have faith that he'll heal him. I truly do. I have a great deal of faith. Around a fireplace recently, the pastoral team came out to Beth and we're so blessed by it. They said we'll, they were blessed by it because they got a good feed and had some good time and got to share a community fire and all that stuff. But we were really blessed by you coming out too. We really were. We were, we were from the depth of my heart. And, and I think... Um, I think you two especially know why I was truly blessed. I had a little moment and thank you heaps. You're both great people. And um, Sam said around the fire that, that we're just planting seeds and we probably won't see the fruit. I don't believe it. Those four men didn't believe it. Those four men believed when they carried that fellow to Jesus that they would see the fruit. And they saw it. And I've got to be honest with you, I believe 100% that if God can save me, like Paul says in Timothy, then he can save anybody. I was the worst of sinners. When Christ, when Paul said that, I don't know if he knew me. Actually, I'm pretty sure he'd never met Luke Houghton because I, I was the worst of sinners. I was a terrible human being. But God said, I love you. God came and met me in a dark prison cell, in a dark space, and he set me free. And 14 years later, I am desperate to set young people free. I am desperate. I am desperate to set the young people of this city free and to watch them walk again. And it takes prayer, and it takes commitment, and it takes faith. And I've got them all. I've got prayer, I've got a family. I've got beautiful brothers and sisters. I've got, as you've heard, beautiful uncles and aunties who lead our way. And we got churches. 
We've got communities. We've got people of Christ that are praying for us. How can we not have faith? How can we not have faith that we will see restoration in this city? You've been praying for it as a community for a long time. And I want to encourage you because I believe 100% that we're about to see it. I do. When, when the heads of juvenile detention centre, that you can't even get in a room for an hour together, come out to a property two and a half hours away from Brisbane with a whole group of staff from that community to touch and feel because there's a relationship from the Gogon that they value deeply and they're starting to trust the relationship here. Man, mighty things are going to happen. So I have a very full heart this morning. Warrnambool, bro. Forget the drop in the bucket, it's coming out. It is full and overflowing. So I'm very thankful. Very thankful to all of you for commissioning us into this space. Very thankful for the support you're going to give to us. I am very thankful. So yeah, thanks heaps. G sent us a little uh, interview from uh, ABC the other day and they were talking about how the youth justice needs a massive reform. And one of the the people, uh, the highest ranking Aboriginal advocate agency in Australia for children, the, the boss of that basically, you know what she said? She said, what we need is a kinder society. She said, we need a kinder society. And so that, that's our heart in this, is to show love to these young people who matter to Christ. And so um, I just want to leave you with the concept, uh, as Lukey mentioned, mob coming out and, and there's doors opening. We, we could take a half a day to tell you about the doors that have been opened, but I just wanted to recognise one thing that we've got that's unique is we've got a place called Bethel, 40 acres, amazing. But we've got a people too. And we've got a community that surrounds these young people with love and, and we've had kids keep coming back after the camps just to be part of Dion. And so I just wanted to recognise that, you know, and this beautiful property out here, you know, we've got one horse, we've got, um, what, we've got two guinea fowls, we've got th- three cows, we've got four goats and we've got 1.7 million mosquitoes. <laughs> and you're welcome to come out. <laughs> we'll teach you the mosquito dance and we're going to have a great time, but... But honestly, we really do value your support. Um, in the newsletter, in the bulletin, I think is uh, info at dion.org.au. If you'd like to keep getting um, our newsletters and keep in touch with us, that's the best way to do it. Um, but yeah, this is um, just, we're thankful for your partnership in it as we go forward. So I'm going to invite Nathan up and Vicky, if you could come up, bum. When I first thought about this, uh, just the drop in the bucket, just a drop in the bucket, I thought that's such a negative thing. But then I realised God is the bucket. He's holding it all together. And and of course a drop, the whole bucket's made up of drops. So we're just joining together as something happens. And so as we leave, brother, I'm going to leave you with this. This is very appropriate, beautiful boomerang, eh? And it's been broken. My granddaughter broke it, so we glued it back together. (laughs) And that's pretty appropriate for Dion, I reckon. So uh, 
But we're going to gift that to you and just say thank you so much, brother. So thank you. Lovely. And I've just asked Larry, instead of my words to be the prayer, but there's a, there's a song that's been gifted to a few different mob and, and Larry's just going to sing this as our final prayer, our final uh, thank you. So. Basically, the song was sung in language, but it says, welcome to this area, people from all directions. Now when you leave, may our spirits stay with you. Thanks so much, Billy and the whole team for sharing with us this morning. I'm actually going to invite, um, we're going to pray a special prayer of blessing over um, this ministry and over Dion as well. So I'm going to invite the pastors and our church council to actually come on up here as well. Why don't we step, take a step forward so they're going to come and surround us. While they're coming up, um, just to pray, I do want to um, just share a passage back with you and um, uh, just as you step into this and the things Billy shared about are just... Um, things God's been saying to us. Last week, um, we spoke about that very truth, um, that God takes ordinary people who are available, surrendered to him to be caught up in his extraordinary kingdom plans. And what a picture with that young, young boy with his loaves and his fishes coming, very ordinary, and yet seeing God work a miracle. And that is um, God's call for us as a people in this season. And the passage which I want to leave for you is the passage which is God's given to us for this season. And I want to pass it on to you as well what God's calling you into and, and um, give this to you, speak it over you um, in faith. And I want to say that I am faith-filled too, Luke. I am so faith-filled that we are going to see um, the blessing of the Lord in the land we're living in right here and now. We're going to see it. And the reason I'm faith-filled is because God has worked so many miracles in this space, so many miracles. The blue card was one. Um, the after we'd been praying and I went down to meet with these guys, one of the young guys I'd been ministering to, crossed over, if you remember that story, came to faith. We knelt in the boardroom. On the very day I was coming down to, to meet, I got, I got the blessing of being, on the, um, being a part of that. I came back to, to my office that day and there was a frame on my desk from the juvenile detention centre saying thank you to us for the gift of the Bibles we sent them. I didn't even know we'd sent Bibles, but someone in the church had sent them Bibles 
But these are the things God does. He lines it up and then the doors he's been opening. So I am faith-filled. And I want to speak this verse over you. And I'm going to invite Todd, our secretary, to pray. Um, but let me give you this passage. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on you. I want to personalize it for you. It's on you. We acknowledge this and we see it because the Lord has anointed you to bring to preach good news to the poor. He has sent you to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Um, the Spirit of God has anointed you for this. Um, we've got a big stage up here. Come on up, Bridgman, uh, the Dion family. Come on up. We want to know all of you up here. Come and stand in the front here as well. We're going to pray for all of you, in fact. Um, kids and adults and everyone, get them all up here. Give them a big welcome as they all come up here on the stage. We're going to pray for you all. Come on up. Come on up in the front here. Get right down the front. That's good. And then we're going to surround them all. Why don't we stand as a church family as well as we pray a special blessing over them. We're going to get them all up here. There's enough space. Fantastic. We're going to come in and lay hands on this team, on this church family, and you pray in your heart as well. I'm going to hand it over to our secretary, Todd, just to pray for them now. All right, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are, we are humbled by your grace today, Lord God, and, your, and the purpose you call us all to, Lord God. We acknowledge that it's only through your strength that any of us can do this. And we, we give you thanks today for the sacrifice and the service of Billy and Vicky in particular to Bridgman Community Church and to Dion for such a long time. We thank you for, for the uh, fruitfulness and the faithfulness of this ministry to our First Nations people, Lord Jesus. We, you care deeply about people, Lord, and these guys care deeply about people, Lord. You care about meeting the most important needs and these guys meet the most important needs in our community, Lord God. And we just, we want to give you thanks for the, for the journey over such a long time for that. And, and we're excited for the new season of, we've heard about this morning, the new season you've called them to, you've called us to as a church to support, Lord God. And we, um, we pray specifically this morning for the True Fellow Ministry, for, for G and for Luke and for Billy and for Vicky, for Larry, for all of these guys who are going to meet these needs. And we, we pray for, we thank you for the open doors already, Lord, and we pray for open hearts as well, Lord, and continued open doors, Lord Jesus. We pray that, that Bethel will be a place of, of giving and receiving, of listening and of speaking, Lord God, of redemption and healing and, and purpose and calling for all that go there, Lord God. We, um, we just um, commission them in your service today, Lord God, and we thank you for the fruit that we are going to see. We join with Luke in his prayer of faith for, for fruit to be seen in, in our time as well from this ministry, Lord God. What a joy it is to be in service together and to be united in your spirit, Lord. Amen. Can we encourage this team one more time? What a blessing. Thank you, Dion. And now we're going to sing. But we're not just singing this morning. We're actually proclaiming. We're proclaiming the good news of the Gospel, the confidence we have in the power of the Gospel, the power of the blood of Jesus to transform lives, to bring healing, to bring hope. And this song speaks about that, that we're going to see the goodness of the God in the land we're living in. And I believe that. We're going to see it. We're going to hear the stories of what God's doing. And how much, how much do we need just for a Spirit of God to move across our community, across our nation? So let's proclaim this. Don't hold back this morning, church. Let's sing this out. Proclaim this truth with faith this morning. Our God is able. He's more than able. Let's sing this together. Let's worship Him.
Dion, church family as well, and Billy and the team for sharing with us this morning. God bless you. You can be seated. If you'd like prayer this morning, our prayer team will be down the front. They'd love to pray for you. Don't forget our Connections Lounge up there. And don't forget that Proclaim Freedom Fund. If you want to give towards the work of Dion as well, you can do that through that fund. But God bless you. Thanks so much for sharing with us today.